Good afternoon, everyone. There is a lot to talk about today, as usual. Uh, Saturday, we celebrate Independence Day, the 4th of July. And it's going to be bittersweet for me, and I think for a lot of Americans, because we are not really independent anymore. We are not a constitutional republic. Our members of Congress, our President of the United States, our Supreme Court have basically made sure of that over the course of the last few years. And it's uh, something that we're going to have to deal with. I don't know if we'll even be able to continue to celebrate Independence Day. I mean, the American flag is under attack. You know, they've already basically outlawed the Confederate flag, saying that it's a racist flag, and it is not a racist flag. It was a battle flag of the Confederacy. It was carried by Confederate troops in combat. Uh, I think I talked last time on, on this program about my great-great-great-great-grandfather who was killed at Gettysburg. He was not a slave owner. He was a school teacher with a small farm in Alabama. He fought not to preserve slavery. He fought to preserve the right of the states, including Alabama, to secede from the Union, which I think was a right that was envisioned by the Founding Fathers, that if the Union began to fall apart, that states were able to be able to secede and form their own countries, which is what happened with the Confederate States of America. The Civil War was really not about slavery. There were Northerners that owned slaves. The Northerners that didn't own slaves, a lot of them had indentured servants, which was which were mostly Irish immigrants, and they were being basically getting their passage paid over to the United States, and then they had to work for the people who paid their passage as indentured servants, and they basically, a lot of them had to do hard labor. There was a certain period of time in which they had to agree to work, but they also had to pay off their debt during that time by the wages they earned. Well, the wages were so small and had to be spent at company stores, essentially, where they bought their food and clothing for their families, they never made enough money to pay off their debt. So their period of being indentured continued to get longer. This was the way they did it in the North. The Civil War was basically an economic war by the North against the South, because when the South decided to secede, and slavery was one of the causes, yes, but also the uh, economic sanctions basically being put on the, the South by the North. When the South decided to secede, Abraham Lincoln realized that vast majority of the money coming to the U.S. government in the form of, of taxes and inco- other income was coming via the South, which was in a lot of ways more prosperous than the North, even though the North was more heavily industrialized. So to keep the government flow, afloat, the Civil War started. That's what it was all about. But we have the attack on right now on the Confederate flag, and to me it's an attack on my heritage. I had members of my family on both sides of the Civil War, and I honor all of them because they fought for what they believed in. Rush Limbaugh has pointed out, and I agree with him entirely, that this is a prelude to an assault on the American flag. We already have beachgoers in California signing a petition to abolish the American flag and come up with something else because the American flag is racist 
And now we have a demonstration that's going to take place in New York City tonight where they're going to burn a bunch of American flags. And it's a good thing for them, and probably for me too, that I don't live anywhere near New York City. I live in the free state of Texas. But if I was there, anybody tries to burn an American flag in front of me, I don't care if the Supreme Court says that they have a right to do it. They don't have a right to burn the flag that I fought for, that I had friends die for, that my father fought for, that my sons are fighting for currently. Don't do that in front of me, because I will come at you. And I will come at you hard. I'll probably get arrested. I may get beaten up, but I don't care. It's my flag. But we're going to see more and more actions now to try to ban the American flag. And the logical conclusion to that is to ban celebrations of America. And that includes Independence Day and ultimately Memorial Day and ultimately Veterans Day, because we know how Obama feels about us veterans. <clears throat> he absolutely has no use for us. Have you learned, heard the latest about the, the VA, that veterans are waiting longer now to get in to see doctors than they were six or eight months ago when all the changes were supposed to be made? that, you know, the new VA director came in and said he was going to clean house and fire a bunch of people. Well, at this point, we know of two that have been placed on administrative leave and one that's been fired. And he was talking about firing hundreds, maybe thousands of people. The VA has gone back to business as usual. In fact, it's even worse than usual. Veterans still can't get the treatment they need on a timely basis. The assault on the Second Amendment rights of veterans is continuing is getting worse. At the United States Justice Foundation, we're getting contacted by more and more veterans who are having problems, who are representing them individually, and we are doing our bit with lawsuits to try to stop this. And we're also working with Chuck Grassley's Senate Judiciary Committee to try to stop what's happening to veterans from happening any further. But so far, we're not making a lot of headway in that regard. So... We're going to keep putting them to fight. We're going to keep representing individual veterans at no charge to them. Uh, if you're willing to donate to help us in this fight and the other things that we're going to be, be involved in, and I'm going to talk about some more of that in a minute, then please go to usjf.net and contribute to the United States Justice Foundation. Or if you want to send a contribution by the mail, you can see the address there to send it, or you can send it to our Texas office, which I operate out of, and that's a post office box 1266, Canton, Texas, 75103. If you are a veteran and you're experiencing loss of your Second Amendment rights or Fifth Amendment rights or anything else that's happening to you, contact me at Michael at USJF, which for United States Justice Foundation, Michael at USJFmail.net. And we'll respond to you, and we will represent you if we can for free. There'll be no charge to you or your family, and we will do what we can to help you. We are winning some, some victories uh, here, and we're going to keep working on it. But that's what's happening to the veterans. That's what's happening to our Second Amendment. In the meantime, in the past several weeks, the various branches of the federal government have virtually destroyed the very fabric of our constitutional republic. 
Obama has continued with his efforts to dismantle our economy and the Constitution with more illegal and unconstitutional federal agency regulations and with the promise of more executive orders aimed at gutting the Bill of Rights. He's also gone after our economy with his executive order just in the last couple of days that's going to put millions of people who are in the workforce, put them on the people who are eligible to receive overtime. Now, I have some economic experts that are telling me that this will probably throw the United States into a major recession because we're talking about billions of dollars that will have to be paid to workers earning up to $50,000 a year to start off with. This is something that Obama has no right to do. He's got no right to extend overtime benefits on his own. Only the Congress can do that. And I question whether even, even the Congress can do that uh, on a con- constitutionally. Because this is a free market economy, supposed to be, used to be. A free market economy, the businesses decide what they can pay their employees, how much they can pay, and when they have to pay overtime. But Obama has once again stepped forward and issued an executive order saying that everybody in the country has to do what he wants them to do. It doesn't matter what the courts say. It doesn't matter what the the Congress says. It doesn't matter about what the Constitution says. Obama doesn't care. This is another way to destroy the economy of this country. While Obama, of course, is preparing more executive orders on gun control, now, the Supreme Court did do one good thing. It struck down his new EPA regulations on the coal and utility industry, which was going to result in millions of dollars in cost to the American people. But will Obama even obey that? Well, he hadn't showed any inclination yet to obey any Supreme Court orders or federal court orders. At the United States Justice Foundation, we filed a, an amicus brief, a pretty court brief, in the Texas case where a Texas judge, federal judge, declared that Obama's executive amnesty to millions of illegals, that his executive amnesty was unconstitutional, that he had no constitutional right to do that. And I've been saying that for months now, that if he did something like this, he would be violating the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution specifically gives all of the powers to regulate naturalization and immigration to the Congress. Nowhere does it say that Obama or any president of the United States has the right to do that on their own. Yet that's exactly what Obama did. Congress has yet to make an effective move to stop it, so the courts have done it. But Obama is ignoring the court orders. He's continuing to fast-track through the Department of Homeland Security, and he's taken a lot of our, their budget to away from securing our borders and protecting our country to fast-track up to 9 million or more illegals in this country, to fast-track them to citizenship so they can vote in the upcoming 2016 election. Of course, they're going to be able to vote anyway because the Supreme Court, and this was one of the actions they did the other day, which was pretty much overlooked because of the consequences of the gay marriage uh, action and also the action on Obamacare, 
But the Supreme Court basically has said that the states cannot require proof of citizenship from people who want to register to vote. So in other words, if you're a member of ISIS and you're in this country illegally, guess what? Go register to vote. You don't have to prove you're a citizen. You don't have to show that you're not a terrorist. All you got to do is show up and register. Now, I don't know if you can do that as a Republican in some places. I'm sure if you're illegal and you want to vote as a Democrat, you're going to have no problems. So this is one of the things that the Supreme Court did the other day. And they took other actions, which people are familiar with, which I've written an article on about. It's on my, my blog at Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y dot J-I-G-S-Y dot com. It's called Destroying the Republic. And I suggest you go and you read that article. Because there I talk about what the Supreme Court has done, what the executive branch has done, and also what the Congress is doing and failing to do. Let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. Join me Fridays at 11 a.m. for a new show here on America's Web Radio. We call it the Prologue. I'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. That's Fridays at 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before we talk about what the Supreme Court has done recently, talk more about it, I should say, uh, let's look at what Congress has done. Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution requires that when the President of the United States enters into an international treaty with one or more other countries, that that treaty, before it can become effective and be the law of the land, has to be ratified by two-thirds vote of the United States Senate. Obama is ignoring that, basically, 
with the Iran negotiations. He's ignored it in some of the other agreements he's reached. But then the Congress, the Republican-controlled Congress, votes just recently to pass this trade fast-track bill, which basically gives, and this, this was done in secret. I don't know if anybody's read that entire thing. Some members of Congress that voted for it admitted they hadn't read it. Shades of Obamacare. But nobody seems to know completely what's in that bill. What we do know is there is that Obama can reach agreements in any number of areas, because when you use the word trade, that can be broadened to include trade in guns, importation of guns and ammunition, exportation, can include the treaty, the Small Arms Treaty, which Obama signed and is trying to implement without ever submitting it to the Senate for a two-thirds vote. But this new treaty, passed by the Republican-controlled Congress, basically gives him the authority to enter into international agreements involving trade without getting Congressional the Senate's approval by a two-thirds majority. Any agreements he will enter into will be submitted to the Congress basically for an up-and-down vote by a majority. There will be no opportunities for members of Congress to propose and vote on amendments. I would imagine that since the this bill was passed in secret, that anything he provides to Congress for an up-and-down vote will also be kept secret from the American people. So we have a Republican-controlled Congress that has basically turned out to be totally ineffective when it comes to reversing what Obama's doing by executive orders, and this is, includes the amnesty. They're not cutting off the funding for things. <clears throat> they're not doing what they need to do. And they're giving Obama, essentially, more dictatorial powers. So on the one hand, we have the president, the executive branch, issuing orders and new regulations without the consent of Congress, without the consent of the people. We have taxation without representation. <clears throat> we have the loss of our constitutional rights without representation. We have the con Congress basically in collusion with the president or unwilling to take on the president. Then we have those other two decisions by the Supreme Court last week where they have completely trashed the Constitution and they have ignored the Tenth Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. The Tenth Amendment says, and this is a direct quote, the power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Now, I defy anyone to go to the Constitution and find the word marriage mentioned anywhere where the federal government is given any power to define or regulate marriage. That was always considered to be something for the churches to do and for the states to do. Supreme Court by five to four decision, rule that the 14th Amendment to the Constitution legalized gay marriage. 
It does no such thing. What we had was we had five judges of the Supreme Court who basically stepped up to the plate and said, you know what, we don't believe in the Constitution anymore. We believe in a dictatorship. Obama's a dictator, but we want to be part of his dictatorship. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell the states that they can no longer control the definition of marriage in their jurisdictions, that we, the Supreme Court, are now going to start making laws on our own. Nothing in the Constitution gives the Supreme Court the power to do that. But they did it on gay marriage, and they did it when they legalized Obamacare, because basically there they took a poorly written law that may not have done what Congress intended by the wording of it, but it was still passed by Congress. And the Supreme Court said there, and Judge Roberts wrote the opinion, said basically, you know what, we like Obamacare. We know it's causing thousands of people to lose their health insurance and millions of people to have their premiums raised and the quality of health care is going down. But Obama wants it, so we're going to give it to him. And Justice Roberts is going to be one of those deciding votes that's going to give it to him. We're going to save Obamacare once again. Because remember, they saved it when they decided that the it was constitutional because the so-called fines that were in there on people that did not get insurance was actually a tax, and therefore Congress could pass a new tax. <clears throat> so they saved it once before. Roberts, at that point, voting with the majority, and this time they've saved it again in violation of their constitutional obligation. Now, the members of the Supreme Court and all federal judges take an oath of office very similar to the one that I took as a member of the military, the one that Obama took as president, the one that members of Congress take, and that's to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Supreme Court has now decided it is above the Constitution. And Supreme Court justices are appointed for life, but they must only serve during good behavior. Now, what constitutes bad behavior? Well, if you are a justice or a judge, you are not allowed to decide cases prematurely. You have to listen to the evidence, you have to listen to the arguments, you have to read the briefs, and then you have to decide cases. If you come out in advance of a case and you give an indication of where you stand on it, then you must be recused from deciding that case, from sitting in on the deliberation and voting on it. That's what the law requires. Now, here's something interesting that most people do not know. When Justice Kagan, an Obama appointee, was before the Senate Judiciary Committee being interviewed before they approved her, she said that there was no federally protected right to gay marriage in the Constitution. She lied. Not about the fed, what she said. What she said is true. There is no federally protected right. She lied that she believed that that was the case. Because not long after being elected, she starts presiding over gay marriages. And she comes out and speaks 
in favor of gay marriage. Justice Ginsburg is doing the same thing during this time period. She's standing up and telling audiences around the country that gay marriage is a constitutional right. This is before the case ever made it to the Supreme Court for a hearing. Both of those justices should have recused themselves voluntarily, but they didn't. Motions to get them recused were not even heard by the court. Now, these were motions that were legitimate motions filed by people who wanted to see them recused from the case. And the Supreme Court justices would never, not even have a hearing on them, not even consider them. They just ignored them. All of this is grounds for impeachment, as far as I'm concerned, of at least those two Supreme Court justices, if not more. Because they violated their oath of office, they violated judicial ethics, they basically predetermined how they were going to vote on cases, on a case, and they did just that. They are subject to impeachment. Is Congress going to impeach them? No. Congress will impeach Obama. And this man, I've written two sets of articles of impeachment now that have been submitted to the House Judiciary Committee by members of Congress. They appear to be going nowhere. The House Judiciary Committee won't consider them, won't put them up to for a vote, and certainly won't vote to send them out to the full House for consideration. Now, I've said before why I want to do the impeachment. Because it only takes a majority of the House to impeach. It takes two-thirds of the Senate after a trial to convict. That probably won't happen. In fact, a trial probably wouldn't even be over before Obama supposedly is going to leave office in 2016. I'm, I'm no longer sure that that's even going to happen. But if the House voted to impeach the man, and you can go through those articles of impeachment, and again, they are on the U.S. Justice Foundation website at usjf.net. They are also on my blog at michaelconnolly.jigsy.com. You can go through those articles of impeachment, and you can see how clear it is that he has committed numerous impeachable offenses. And it's been almost a year since the last set was written by me. I could do at least two more articles at this point based on what's happened just in the last few months. Yet the Congress doesn't seem to want to do anything with it. So I don't think they're going to do anything with the justices either. They are allow, allowing a lawless administration to remain lawless and continue to do severe damage to our Constitution. Now, what about the gay marriage case? Well, we anticipated at the United States Justice Foundation what the decision was going to be. So we started over a month ago posting articles on our website, the United States Justice Foundation website, usjf.net, about what gay marriage would, would mean, the constitutional decision would mean, if it went in favor of gay marriage, how wrong it is, the legal reasons that it's wrong, the moral reasons that it's wrong, and how we can resist it. Fourteen articles, the final one being submitted after the decision. I wrote an article on my website which included that final article, 
and also links to the other 13 articles. You can also go to usjf.net and you can find the articles there, links to all the articles. At least read my article and the article number 14. And we'll talk more about that after this break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. The implications of this decision on gay marriage are staggering. And they ought to concern everybody. Of course, they don't. I mean, we have the, you know, Obama coming out and, and doing something that to me was a slap in the face of the entire country and something that was profoundly political that was done at the White House, which he refers to as his house. It's not his house. The White House is our house. It's the house of Americans. We allow the President of the United States to use it during his term when he's elected, but it's still our house. Yet Obama comes out and uh, turns the colors of the gay pride flag, the rainbow flag, as it's called, turns them on the White House just a few hours after the decision was rendered. So that means he knew what the decision was going to be, or at least probably going to be, well in advance in order for them to set that up. But Obama starts celebrating, and people start celebrating, and even some Republicans are saying, oh, this is not going to do anything to freedom of religion. Uh, we have to live with it. We have to accept it as the law of the land. No, it is not. Go to the USJF.net website. Read Article 14. 
go to my that we published written by two outstanding constitutional lawyers that work with us bill olson and herb titus go to michaelconnelly.jigzy.com and read my article called destroying the republic there you will see that article 14 where it says that because the supreme court has no authority under the constitution to decide anything relating to marriage that this decision is null and void that we don't have to abide by the decision the states don't have to abide by the decision but we already have a lot of Republicans coming out and saying, oh, this is the law of the land, we have to. We don't like it, but we've got to abide by it. No, we don't. We don't have to stand up and take it. The state of Texas, Mississippi, the state of Louisiana to some extent, are already starting to resist. Local clerks are being told that they do not have to issue marriage licenses to gay couples. And that, in fact, is true. I don't care what the Supreme Court said. It had no authority to do what it did. Therefore, we have a right to disobey an unlawful court order. It's called civil disobedience. Because here's what my fear is at this point, and it's already starting to happen. You know, we've got Ted Olson, a Republican lawyer coming out and saying, oh, you don't have to worry about this. It's not going to have any impact on uh, ministers or churches or anything like that because Judge Kennedy and his decision, majority decision, said that you know it, people could not be held accountable for their religious beliefs. Well, that referred only to religious institutions. It doesn't refer to businesses. It doesn't refer to me. It doesn't refer to you if you own a business or if you have have a talk show or if you have a blog, if you want to talk about this. Some of the people who have written articles for us and were working with us on our brief, some of them are already being censored. They've posted things on blogs and on forums, and they have been censored. They've been threatened. They've had their, their posts removed. What about the people who bake cakes and don't want it for weddings and don't want to do it for gay weddings? You've got bakeries out there that are being fined. They're not protected under this Supreme Court decision. Your military chaplains are not protected under this decision. They are going to be forced to, f to perform gay marriages. They're already being censored. They're told they can't even talk about gay marriage being immoral. They're going to be told that they have to perform gay marriages. I can guarantee that within a matter of weeks or months, some of the churches around the country are going to be threatened with loss of their tax-exempt status which would effectively put them out of business if they don't start allowing gay marriages. The gay community in this country, the ones that are, are so rabid 
members are so rabid about this, that are trying to get people fired for daring to oppose gay marriage, are trying to get people removed from their, their positions, lose their livelihood, be fined, be imprisoned. These people are pushing for a lot more. I mean, this was their, their victory, but they're not happy with this. They weren't interested at all in equality. They're interested in control. They not not only want to have gay marriage and live the lifestyle they want, they want to impose that on you and I. They want to impose their beliefs on us and tell us that we have to do what they want and we have to believe what they want. We ought to have Obama and Hillary Clinton coming out and talking about, well, people need to be re-educated. Now, you know, those of us in the older crowd know what re-education means because we heard about re-education in communist countries, in Nazi Germany, forced re-education where you were basically imprisoned and taught to believe what they wanted you to believe or you were executed or you were kept in prison. Re-education, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about not telling, you know, trying to tell us or convince us that we have to submit, but to force us to submit, to force us to accept that in our schools it will be taught to our children that gay relationships and marriages are fine, but they are now the norm. There's going to be more movements. I mean, you know, let's let's face it. This Supreme Court decision has opened up the door to legalize pedophilia, to legalize marriages between adults and small children, just like they do in the, in the Muslim world. In Islam, a man can marry a child as young as one year old. Now, of course, there are not gay marriages in Islam. Gays are executed by the Islamic extremist, or executed not necessarily by the extremists, they're executed in a lot of Islamic countries. But, you know, Obama's got no problem with that because he supports whatever the Muslims do, and he supports the Muslim religion, and the left in this country supports the Muslim religion. They don't care about the fact that women are, are essentially slaves. But in the Muslim states... A man can marry a one-year-old girl. Now, he supposedly can't have sex with her until she's six years old. Big deal. How long is it going to be before the pedophiles in this country are pushing on the Supreme Court to say, look, you can no longer charge us with a crime. This is perfectly legal. We're protected by the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. We have a right to be pedophiles. Doesn't matter what the states say. It's what the Supreme Court says. It's what Obama says. It's what the federal government says. It's all about control. It's all about us being under the control of a dictatorship. And that's what we have here. So at the United States Justice Foundation, we're going to be fighting tooth and nail to protect religious institutions, to protect individual businesses, 
and individuals and protect their freedom of religion and their freedom of speech. As with the work we're doing for veterans, we are not going to charge any of our clients anything. We need the support of people like you who go to usjf.net and donate. Your donations are tax deductible. And even a $5 donation helps. We are not a large organization. We have a fairly small staff because we don't want to spend a lot of our money on overhead. We are spending the majority of the money that we bring in on our cases, on our appellate division, which is in Virginia. We have these fantastic lawyers who did this hard work on these articles. We have them. We have other attorneys around the country. We have me operating out of Texas as executive director, where I'm representing the individual veterans around the country in a lot of cases. So we're putting our money and our efforts not in overhead expenses, not in elaborate offices, but in fighting for the Constitution. And believe me, the fight is just going to get harder and harder. Because this is the beginning. We have a president who is intent on, I think, remaining president of the United States. I really think that if there's an election in 2016, it's going to be a rigged election. And I'm not sure that Obama wants to give up power. I think we're subject to him declaring martial law, particularly if we get attacked by ISIS. We're subject to him declaring martial law and declaring himself a dictator for life. That's certainly a possibility. And I wouldn't have said this a few years back, but that's a possibility. But the fact of the matter is is that we have a president of the United States right now who considers himself a dictator, a Supreme Court that wants to share in that, uh, where at least four or five justices want to share in the spoils of being dictators with Obama, a Congress that whose leadership does absolutely nothing except try to protect its own interest. Republican candidates who are looking to get elected president but don't want to rock the boat too much. All of which makes it very scary for the people of the United States. All of which puts us in a position of losing our republic. So this could very well be the last Independence Day we celebrate as a free people. And I'm not sure how free we are. Let's take our final break now.
The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. On this 4th of July, we need to reflect on where we go from here. One of the things that concerns me very greatly is the fact that so many of the people who read my blog and so many of the people who listen to this show are indicating to me they've given up that the fight is over, that we've lost, that there's nothing else that can be done. There's nothing that can be done in the courts. There's nothing that can be done legislatively. I disagree. We cannot give up the fight at this point. Now, ultimately, it may become, may become necessary to exercise our right as a free people to overthrow this government. Because that's what the Declaration of Independence gives us. It declares that it is the right of the people of this country if a government begins to violate their individual rights, like contained in the Bill of Rights of the Constitution. It is the right of the people to alter or abolish that government. That may be where we're going here. But in the meantime, let's don't stop fighting in the courts. Let's don't stop fighting administratively. Let's don't stop fighting politically. But let's be prepared for all possibilities. One thing that has me greatly concerned right now, and I know a lot of Americans are concerned, is the possibility that over this Fourth of July weekend that we could be attacked by ISIS by lone wolf attackers affiliated with ISIS or by professionals that have come across the border from Mexico and our wide open border, that we could be subject to attacks. If we are, 
we're going to see Obama. First of all, probably won't even call terrorist attacks if we can avoid it. Because I think he likes ISIS. I really do. I don't think he wants to stop ISIS at all. If we're attacked, he will probably claim it was right-wing extremist, or even if he doesn't claim that, he will use that as an, a reason to impose more gun control, executive orders on this country. I mean, he's got the, the liberal media in his pocket. The New York Times came out and said that since 9-11, the majority of people killed in this country have been killed by right-wing extremists not by radical Islam. You know, there's a lot of flaws in that story. To begin with, why say since 9-11? Include in the figure of people, number of people killed by Islamic extremists, include 9-11. Include the 3,000 people who died that day. The New York Times ignores that in its figures. And then they include in their figures... Actions by people like the man who shot up the theater in Colorado and the guy in the Newtown massacre. These were not right-wing extremists. Are they including those people, really? Both those people have to happen to be very liberal in their posts and this sort of thing. And, of course, they're not including the Americans who have been killed overseas by Islamic extremists during that period. The four Americans who were killed in Benghazi are not included in those figures. So these are skewed figures to try to help Obama defend the actions of radical Islam. Something really interesting has occurred to me just in the last several days. And I started to do some research on it today because remember how we had this grand strategy that was going to degrade and defeat ISIS and that was going to be through airstrikes? And remember how I've been reporting repeatedly that the airstrikes were ineffective for the most part because we were bombing at night, we were bombing empty buildings, we were bombing empty park pickup trucks. And every once in a while the administration would come out and say, oh, so-and-so, a top ISIS leader or al-Qaeda leader has been killed by a drone or a bombing run. And it would turn out that the person that they were calling the top leader was actually not a top leader. But we kept hearing that, you know, we're still developing a strategy, but we're going to use air power to degrade and destroy ISIS. In order to do that effectively, all of the people that I know that know anything about military strategy say that we would have to be launching at least 240 strikes a day against ISIS. A couple of months ago, we were launching an average of 24 a day. And our pilots were complaining about the fact that they were returning from most of their bomb runs with the bombs and, and rockets still on, the, on board. They had not been allowed to get clearance to drop their ordnance. The reason being is the White House has to give clearance before they can attack. Obama didn't want to kill these guys. He didn't want to do real damage to them. Then, about a month ago, I began to get indications that our bombing runs were down to about two a day. 
And then I just stopped hearing about them. Didn't see anything on the Internet, on MSN. Didn't really hear much on Fox News, an occasional you know, report that there had been a, a raid of some kind. Nothing coming out. So I got, before the show today, I got on the Internet and I started to research it. And I started researching for recent Air Force or U.S. military strikes, airstrikes against ISIS. The last, most recent article I could find that mentioned U.S. airstrikes on ISIS was in April of this year. April 4th, to be exact. April, May, June, July. It's almost July 4th. So we're talking about three months. Is that really true? There's got to be more out there, but that's an indication of what's going on. We are not fighting effectively against ISIS. We are letting ourselves get set up. And we're getting set up to be attacked. We are not doing anything. In fact... Ash Carter, the Secretary of Defense, basically today came out and said, well, this is a local problem. ISIS is a local problem. A few days ago, there were three coordinated attacks by ISIS members in three different different continents within a three-hour period. No, there was not one here in the continental United States, but we have had arrested a number of people recently that were planning such attacks. So how is this a local problem to Iraq or Syria? That's what he was saying. It's not our problem. We're getting set up, ladies and gentlemen. Our own government is setting us up once again. Support the United States Justice Foundation. Read my blog. Read what we post on the USJF.net. And support us financially. But also... Email me at michael at usjfmail.net if you're a veteran or if you are being discriminated against because of your religious beliefs, particularly when it comes to things like gay marriage, if you're being discriminated against because you want to fly the American flag. I mean, right now you can't pray in school unless you're a Muslim, and then they have time set aside for their prayer. But let us know what's going on with you, and let us know you support us. Go to my website at michaelconnelly.jigzy.com. There you can read about me and what I'm doing, my background. You can also look at the how to order copies of the booklet, Our Constitution, which I wrote where I take each article, each section, each amendment to the Constitution. I put them in the way they were originally written, and then I put in my comments about what they really mean. We have had thousands of these copies ordered by individuals and also ordered by groups that are distributing them to schools. So if you're going to send in a large order for a school, contact me at michael at usjfmail.net, and uh, we can come out with a special arrangement, financing arrangement for that, where basically you'll be charged uh, for a large order, be charged 
pretty much our cost. I'm entitled to a royalty on this. I don't take the royalty. I roll the money over into to printing more copies. You can also, though, if you want to order books that I've written, like the Mortarman about my dad's year in World War II, you can find out how to do that on the website. The main thing is listen to this show, get other people to listen to this show, keep informed, and do not give up the fight. We cannot surrender. We must never surrender. God bless you all, and have a happy 4th of July. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.